so nice to see you all sort of smiling and chatting to one another and that's how it should be yes good the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases yep and yet we all live in a world where we want that to be renewed constantly uh, where we're looking to experience uh, and to express that and that's what God promises for us and we've already heard from Elspeth uh, 20 days time wow we're going to be celebrating together our individual renewals of covenant. So it's good if we have a little time today to focus on what we mean, what we're talking about in that. What do we mean by covenant? The awe and wonder of this new covenant. I, I don't know about you, but I would personally like to live with a greater constant measure of awe and wonder. I mean, I know, I realise, I recognise, but I don't know that I'll ever comprehend the full extent of what this actually means. And in the meantime, I would like to have kind of, I don't know, fresh revelations, new understandings of just what it is. The best way to do that, of course, is that we return to what God said in the first place. We return to the scripture. This morning I want us to do that uh, so that we can actually experience this awe and wonder of this new covenant. Maybe, first of all, it's good to realise what life was like under the old covenant. Um, I have to admit, I've never been much into games you know you know these games that you play with the kids oh, I can't abide them <laughs> but I, I suppose I might as well make confession I would play Monopoly with them but that led to great friction between my wife and myself she already knows, so there's no point in running to tell her as soon as the meeting finishes. She wanted me to let them win. But there's money involved. They've got to learn to be losers. Snakes and Ladders was one of the games. Anybody remember Snakes and Ladders? Anybody need hailing of the memory from Snakes and Ladders? Old Covenant was like that. You think you was doing all right, then you hit a snake and you're down, down the bottom again. And then you try again, you get up the ladder and land on the bit and you go up the ladder and then you, down you go again. So that's the Old Covenant. You're trying, you're thinking you're doing okay, and then you hit something and you're down again because it kind of depends on your performance, how well you do. In fact, it's pretty frustrating and nigh on impossible. God understood that. 
The old covenant required like an external compliance. You keep the rules, you do the sacrifices, all that whole, I mean, that whole load of stuff. The washings and the sacrifices and old covenant. You get it wrong, get punished, get demoted, get ostracized. You earn a way back into the kind of good books. I mean, it doesn't exactly say this. This is my kind of paraphrasing of what it was. It's a works-orientated covenant. The issue also is, and I, I've always, this has always grabbed me, that it never dealt with the conscience. It dealt with getting it kind of put right on the outside never dealt with anything on the inside. In fact, we're going to look at a few scriptures in Hebrews. Hebrews 9.9 says, this is an illustration of the present time indicating that the gifts and sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the conscience of the worshipper. It's basically, it wasn't good enough. It did something, but what it did didn't really... Deal with the real issue. Life under the new covenant. That's an internal thing. In fact, the requirements of God were rolled up and met in the sacrifice that Jesus made. Hebrews 10, 12. But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins... He sat down at the right hand of God. Done. Complete. Nothing more necessary. Fulfilled. No more the blood of bulls and goats. No more all these offerings. It's finished. No more seeking to gain a position by agreeing or sticking with external rules and regulations and compliance. It's something fundamentally different. Something that's worth celebrating. Something that's worth looking slightly happy about. Come on, dear. If you could see what I could see now. Yes. God's requirements met in Jesus. And the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth, lives within. We know and have the ability to choose right from wrong. It's there. We're equipped with it, empowered to choose to forgive, even as he forgave us. Imagine that. The power, we talked about this recently, the ability to choose to forgive backed up by the whole of the power of the living God to enable us to live from a different source in a different way under the new covenant. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth, lives within, so we know and have the ability to choose right from wrong. Empowered to choose to forgive. At a price. The price that was paid was God's Son. 
not something to be taken lightly. This covenant came at the supreme price and we are the beneficiaries. It's a tremendous privilege that we have to live under the new covenant. It's so different, the radical nature of it. Do you remember the story of the woman at the well talking with Jesus? Do you just remember how she moved from some argument about religion and religious procedures to a place of revelation? Move from the outside, the external, the arguments into something that was completely different. To the point, having experienced that, she says, come and see a man who can bring revelation. This covenant is not learnt. It comes by revelation. It comes as we submit and say, you know what, there's nothing that I can do because Christ has already done it. And if I try to do it, I'm basically saying, good try, Jesus, needs something more, needs me to keep some rules, needs me to obey some measures of legalism, something imposed from the outside, because what you did was kind of okay, but not quite enough. I am very, very, very anti-legalistic. This business about it needs me to add my bit when Christ has provided totally in his death and resurrection. So we're not learning this. Don't learn a new covenant. It's a spirit within that leads us into all truth. Remember the parable of the prodigal son? Yeah. First of all, you remember the story? He comes back and he's going to look to get a job as a servant there. He's blown out of the water because his father receives him as a son returning. Something, something completely different. Sadly, in the story, the older brother still living under legalism, still living under, it's not right, he shouldn't receive this. No, this is the wonder of it. It's not right, we don't deserve it. He chose it, he set his love upon us. He has brought us into this place of a new covenant and imparted to us life by the Holy Spirit. We live from within, yes. I think so. Wow. What a sad thing that that elder son couldn't comprehend. Good questions, logical questions, but he hadn't experienced the heart of the Father. Let's turn again to Hebrews. This is Hebrews 10 and 11. It's a new covenant promised in Jeremiah. It's now living in the good of it. This is the new covenant I will establish with the people of Israel. We become that. The people that are God's people. Selected, chosen, reached by him. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my laws where? In their minds. And write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbour or, or say, 
to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. Something written on our hearts. What does that mean? There's a desire to obey, desire to please him, desire to comply with him. It's within, not imposed from without. What about identity? You hear a lot these days about people looking, trying to find their identity, get recognised or recognise who they really are. How about this for an identity? We are his people. Hmm? Yeah, help me. Little nudge, be careful if they're asleep. Little (laughs) nudge, the person next to you. You're his, you belong to him. Try it and see. See if you get any any response. We are his people. How about relationship? How about relationship? Confirmation of relationship is to God. He is our God. He is also a jealous God doesn't put up with any other gods. It's not a sharing situation. He's our God. It's him that we seek to please. We can't kind of do a quick swap and I think I'll sit on the throne today and choose what I want to do and respond how I want to respond. He is our God. All will know him for ourselves. Let's read a bit more. This is jumping over to chapter 10. The Holy Spirit testifies to us about this. First, he says, and yeah, it's kind of saying something again. It's reinforcing it. This is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. Wow. Wow. Made clean. Don't bother to remember them. Don't bother to recount them before God. His response about what you're talking about. I have removed them as far as the east is from the west. Anybody make a little yippy response or... Yeah, it's all right. If you want to be be more holy, say hallelujah or something. Guys, this is the new covenant. This is what God has done. This is what we live under. This is what he's brought us into. I think that's worth celebrating. I think that's worth celebrating. In fact, more worth celebrating than just about anything else in the whole wide world. We are people of the new covenant, praise God, bought at a supreme price because of his love for us. This is good news. Forgiven. Sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Under this new covenant, the Holy Spirit comes, lives within John 16 says this, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you from where? 
from within into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. The Holy Spirit reveals the truth. He will guide us. He's not like, oh man, I've got to be very careful here. I might get it wrong there. I might, oh, oh my goodness. Not living in fear. Living in faith. Living in victory. Living in rejoicing. It doesn't depend on my ability. He's already provided the ability for us to live. He will guide us into truth. He reveals the way. Well, we have a choice to avail ourselves to what he's provided. This is how it happens. I know you know this, but this is what we're doing. We're renewing. We're coming to look afresh at the wonder of this new covenant. This provision that God has made that is so utterly mind-blowing, it has to come by revelation. This wonderful covenant. But we have a choice. This is what he says in Luke 9. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. It's high cost. It's high cost because it costs the life of the one and only Son of God. It's high cost because it means I say no to me and yes to him. Lord, what do you want? Is there a little something to me? Well, I want this and I want that and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to tell them what I think of them. And then Lord says, is that what I want? We say, no, Lord. So what are you going to do? My way or your way? If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross. How do I do that? Ah, the power is already there. It's in the new covenant. It's already established. The power is provided. But the decision, the choice, rests constantly with us. I think it's a very, very good thing to celebrate this wonderful new covenant. We come, we worship, we sing songs around it. And in the context of that, to actually be embracing, wow. And I... I personally, as I said to you, I personally want to live more in that, in that wow factor, in that sense of, God, help me to understand it. Help me to take it in, what it meant to you, the Holy One, to take away my sin. To take, not only from me, but give to me under this new covenant. So that now, I'm a son of God. His spirit dwells within me. Same for you. The moment we say, Lord, I'm yours.
There is a sad situation. You can be born in the new covenant, but live as children of the old covenant. You know what I mean? Trying to perform, trying to gain some kind of acceptance, trying to buy our way back into sort of good books by works. That whole insecurity thing where we need to be kind of noticed and recognised. Very tragic to miss something that's so amazing. We don't need that. Dead and my life is hid with Christ in God. Hebrews 9, but when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands. That is to say, is not part of this creation. He completely replaces the past. He completely sets up a new basis. Take a moment to turn to someone. Just say what you think about what we're talking about. If they don't look very friendly, look, turn the other way. <laughs> Just take a moment and say, what, what, what is your wow factor for this new covenant? So we just switched over. Dad didn't just lose a number of years. I'm a different person. So what, what are we renewing at this time? So we just talked about the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. And so now we're looking at what are we renewing? Well, there are three things you might remember we've talked about. We are renewing our covenant to God, our covenant to each other, which is an outworking of us having that covenant with God. Because there's very, very few times you hear of someone that has met with God that hasn't found it's meant that they've loved other people more. And we're renewing our commitment to the vision, which is where God's, God's pointing us as a community where we're going, which is really about being a light on a hill, about being salt. And that has both a corporate and an individual response. And so for... For some, you might see like certain organisations, they've got their vision statement and then their values. Well, for us, our values are our vision because our values are what we think God is like. And as we see him, we desire to be like him and we're actually miraculously transformed into his likeness. And so by living out what we've seen, we are living out the vision that we have as a, as a community. And that's, that's uh, things that we do together, but some of those individuals, you might have heard some of the stories of Vic Morgan and what she's up to, or Anna Page at, uh, heading up the nurses at the hospital, even some of the things that uh, Lucy November's been doing over in Sierra Leone, examples of people living out what they've seen and bringing light into the world. But you don't have to just be doing these things if you're a mother bringing up a child or, um, or when I'm changing the baby's nappies, that is part of living out who I've seen God to be. And so our values are formed by that sight of him. It's like when, um, when Jesus washed the disciples' feet and said, go forth and do likewise. They saw what he was like, how he operated, and then they were instructed to copy that. But 
Just copying Jesus as an example is impossible. I can't do it. I can't just see what he does and copy. I can't just give witness unless I've witnessed him, if I've seen him. And this is where the new covenant has an amazing um, option for us, which is in Romans 8, verse 9. It talks about the Spirit of God dwells in you. He's come and he lives within me, and he does the things that I need to be able to do through me. That's so different to what we talked about with, with what was there in the old covenant. It talks about in, in the, the New Testament, Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's the fact that he's in me, doing what he's always done now, is one of the things that makes things completely different. Um, you may have used, heard us use the phrase at different points, the spirit within breaking out. And um, I'm try- we're trying to work out how to do this in an illustration, but I love the story so much, I'm going to keep telling it. I, I always have it in my mind, this, this picture of the Spirit does what the Spirit's always doing. Right from creation, the Spirit was hovering over the deep and then brought, with, in partnership with God, I don't get all of the kind of Trinity thing completely in my head, but I don't think we're designed to, but he was there, he was doing stuff. The Spirit is still doing the same stuff today. And I always see Jesus standing up in the boat during the storm and saying, be calm, calm, be still. And there's a spirit working inside Jesus at that point while he's doing that. Then I remember the story that Lucy November told us of when she was, she was in a room of uh, one of the foster carers that she looks out for and there was a real sense of drama and chaos in the house. And she, she just prayed, let there be Peace here. And it just descended on that room. In the same way that the waves and the wind descended. And it's like the same spirit that was in Jesus is still doing what the same spirit has done. Now it's just through Lucy November. That spirit is part of the new covenant promise to us. That he is doing that through us even today. The spirit within breaks out and reaches out and does things that we can't, we, we can't get which is why we can be his representatives on the earth, because we are representing him. Because we've seen him, but also he's working in us to enable us to become like him. We don't just copy an example out of our own strength, it's the spirit within us doing those things. And so that's what we're we're renewing, we're saying this is what God's got for us. So why are we having to renew this covenant? Well, we don't have to. We're choosing to. It's about taking time to say, wow, look what he's given us. Look what we are able to do through his enabling. In 2 Peter 1.3 it says, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. We have everything we need by his divine power. I like celebrating that. Do we have to do it? Do we have to renew our covenant? No. But we want to. It's like the story of the wife that says to the husband, you never tell me that you love me. And he said, well, 25 years ago on our wedding day, I said I loved you, and if anything changes, I'll let you know. (laughs) We want to keep saying it. We want to keep declaring it. So why now? We could have done this any point. 
Well, he's been talking to us about a refreshing and a renewing. And I think where God is about to lead us, we can't go by structure. We can only go having had a glimpse of him. Where does he want us to go? To love each other more? To be more accurate representatives of him? Be more accurate witnesses of him? He wants us to have a love for the lost, which comes from a sight of him. He wants us to give up picking and choosing which part we fancy. We need to have a concept of this is where we are going rather than what I am doing. There's a quote by Bill Johnson. He said, after you're born again, the issue has been settled. Once the issue is settled, it is amazing how different the subject sounds. For instance, the subject of tithing is a joyful and inviting subject for those whom the issue has been settled. Once we've made this decision, my life now revolves around the question, what pleases him? I don't have to reevaluate that and ask that question whenever an incident and, and a subject comes up. It's resolved. I know what I'm doing. For instance, if I've set out to go from London to Birmingham, every time I get to one of those signposts on the motorway that says 100 miles to Birmingham, 50 miles to Birmingham, I'm not stopping each time and thinking, do I still want to go to Birmingham? I'm looking at that sign saying, OK, good, I'm, I'm going in the right direction. And that's where the, the renewing of the covenant comes in. It's like, I am going to Birmingham. And every signpost that I see is just affirming that's the decision that I'm making. Or a kind of more gross analogy that I've got. Just before um, my son Arthur was born, Christmas, the two weeks before he was born, uh, James and Heather bought me an NHS-sponsored snot sucker. So you put one end up the child's nose and the other in your mouth and you suck out the snot that's there. There was a little filter to block it going... So there was something that stopped that happening. I looked at that thing. I thought, that is the grossest thing I've ever seen I ain't touching that. That's absolutely horrendous. I put it in the drawer, forgot about it. A week after Arthur was born, I could see him. He was struggling to breathe. Oh, there's something blocking his nose. Oh, he's got a big old bogey up there. I can see it. Where's the snot sucker? It's in the top drawer. I went and grabbed that thing. I sucked that thing right out of there. It was amazing how different my reaction was once I'd caught a sight of my child. Once I'd seen him, the issue was settled. I wanted to help that child. Whatever made his life more comfortable, made it better, I was committed to. And so that barrier that was once there was no barrier anymore. I had a conversation with someone saying... I don't really get this dancing around in worship. People look a little bit odd when they do that. I said, because you've not seen him yet. Once you've seen him, once you've seen God and what he's done for you, the issue will be settled. 
There's another analogy that I've thought about. And some of you would have heard it, but I don't think most of you would have. On the way home from my school, when I used to go to St. Edward's School, there, you could get the bus, the 86 bus. This bus went all the way through Chadwell Heath. And there was a point where you got to Sainsbury's that the bus was so slow during that bit of traffic that you could get off the... Uh, I actually, my brother saw someone do this. Get off the bus, walk up to the, um, the shop, buy something, walk up to the next bus stop and get on the same bus because it moves so slow during that, that period of time. And I think sometimes we can be a little bit like that as a community where, well, I can get on, I can get off, I can take things at my own pace. Nothing's moving very fast. I think we're on the verge of God speeding us up. And I think it happens when the issue has been settled. And we would be much more in line with the analogy that my dad often gives, which is we have just boarded an express train that's going to thunder on to the end of time. And I think that there is an opportunity for us to make sure that we're on board. And we do that by saying, I've settled the issue. And we settle the issue by getting a sight of him. And we get a sight of him because he's so merciful and so loves us that he's at our door knocking, wanting us to see him. Imagine being part of a community of people where each individual has made that decision, has settled the issue. There's a couple more analogies. Um, We're going to show a little video of how birds can move together. Each bird has an individual decision, but you see what those birds look like as a corporate expression once they've all made that decision. If we could play that video. So there's individual birds, each committed to the same thing, and they're able to move as if they're this evolving shape. I want to be part of something that's moving together like that. But not one bird controlled any other than themselves. The Bible talks about us being the body of Christ, Ephesians 5.30, for we are members of his body. I don't have to be berating my fingers to pick up my paper. They They just do it. Everything works properly. And it just so happens that if we are the body of Christ, if he wants to do something on earth, he's going to use his body to do it. And we are part of that. We are doing that together. He has made us competent as ministers of this new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit, for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. All of these great things that my dad was sharing earlier of the new covenant, you are able ministers of this. You are equipped to be able to share this, to demonstrate this by his power. This is where God's taking us. Just some final quick questions. So does the covenant renewal imply that we've broken 
our covenant. No, we're not, we're not saying that. Is the, is, do I need to be worried that the covenant is broken? Well, has Christ retracted his spirit from you? If he's not, and he won't, it's not something for us to worry about. Surely a covenant is a once and all for all commitment, like marriage. Why would we need to renew it? As we say, we don't need to, but we're taking this opportunity to celebrate. And for some of us, we want to just jump in saying, I'm in. I'm all up for this. I want to, um, I want to be an able minister of this. I'm refreshing what I've said in the past. Another question, is the meal itself an act of covenant renewal? No. The meal is a celebration that each of us have individually done that. It's us coming together to say, wow, look where God is taking us. And we're excited about that. So over this next week, I think it would be a good response for you to find someone that you trust and, and tell them, you know what, I'm signing up for this. I'm jumping in, two-footed, into what God's got for us. Just as a way of you practicing saying out loud what you want to do.